Just a couple of boys from WA. But if you're not, that's okay. It's the Mitchell and Michael Show. What's everybody? It's the podcast. Thank you for downloading. We've got Dr. D on the show today to explain just how bad that radioactive capsule that has been lost in our outback really is. 300 years for it to not be toxic to you. But I understand the way that it kind of works, but I don't really know why we get sick from it. Like, do you understand the physics of like radioactive material? No, I just know it's like green and goes... Woo, woo. So as, so as the, the molecules of the radioactive thing decay, it creates an energy that goes out and then you're getting like bombarded with like tiny subatomic particles that then get even into your DNA. I know that. And then, so it's like the sun. So like UV rays doing that to your skin. But from the inside out. If you were to eat the if you were to eat the radioactive stuff, then yeah, yeah we'd be inside out. Well, so don't eat it. We're going to find out lots more with Doctor D on the show. Uh, also, we've got weird compulsions because your wife does more around the house when she's sick. That's what you said. That's just, hey, she freely admitted herself. She doesn't know why it happens, but when she's unwell, she goes into like overdrive. You're going to have to have that. Um, what's that disease where like people are um. Like make like pinch their babies so they have to go to like the doctors. Munch house. Yeah, you're gonna have that, but in your house, <laughs> you're like, oh mate, oh I don't know why Abby's always sick. Oh, oh look I'm, at the house, I'm, it's spotless. I make her <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got people coming around. Try this expired dip. It's <laughs> uh, just normal. For me anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, but maybe I found out why you're like that because I've never known. Uh, but we will kick it off with the biggest headlines and of course make fun of them with Ben Harvey. Politics, crime, sport, finance. You've heard the news before, but not like this. <laughs> it's Up Early with Ben Ha-Harvey. Michael Ross. Oh, yes, Benjamin. Luke Shuey has been named captain of the West Coast Eagles for the 2023 AFL season. West Coast has said he truly deserves it. It's his punishment for last year. they crap. Feels like a little bit of nepotism for... You know, Shannon Hearn, just to give it to his son. <laughs> <laughs> they look the same. They do. <laughs> they do. Uh, look, a huge haul of drugs has been seized uh, after cops saw the uh, alleged drug dealer driving around, trafficking them on an e-scooter. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yep, at least now we know what the E stands for. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Finally. Uh, Rio, <laughs> Rio, I have to, you know, they're like, bitch, no more, no more drug jokes. Uh, in the morning, so I think that was. I think that's that fun. That's, all right. that's fun. Uh, Rio Tinto has apologised for losing a radioactive capsule that could be active up to three hundred years in the Australian outback. But they said not to worry. They're pretty good at finding valuable things that should last forever and destroying them. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know what they do. You know, and legally, I have to stop there. <laughs> so on the show. Um, you said something that a colleague of ours did not uh, take kindly to. Mm-hmm. We were chatting about the young enigma himself, Mr. Alex Hasty, yep. and how he's somehow like a young man in an old man's body. Yeah, he was talking about like the tiling in his house and how he needs doesn't have enough tiles. And I was like, that's a 41-year-old problem, not a 21-year-old problem. And someone in the workplace agreed with you. They were there at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she is a lovely lady, Tash. Our receptionist. Um, have a little listen to what 
you said in Mm -hmm. regards to her being there for this conversation with Alex. Why are you a 21-year-old with 41-year-old problems? (laughs) It's very true. He's really sped up his life. Yeah, like I said, you should be... And the the 50-year-old receptionist, I hope she's 50... (laughs) Uh, she probably looks old. <laughs> um, and she, I'm going to tell her. <laughs> I said to her. And tell her uh, I did. Uh, I went to Tash and said, "Look, this is not me saying it. I'm like, I'm going to get. I'm going to give you a number, mm. and you tell me whether or not Mitch has flattered you or insulted you." And, and I played her that clip, and she said, "Tell tell him this." He's a big. <laughs> you got it wrong, mate. She's younger. She is younger than fifty years old. But, but, look, if I can defend myself, okay, uh, I am older now than I was yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, you are. Age to me, like I don't, I can't tell anymore. No, like if you yeah. told me. She was 21. I'd believe you. <laughs> you wouldn't. If, and what do you mean? <laughs> you, because you already guessed her age being 50. So you've already outdone yourself. No, I'm saying that like any age I would have I believed. Uh, and if anything, I've had a problem with perhaps being too friendly with work colleagues in the past. And maybe it's a defense mechanism to anger her and push her away because secretly I find her very attractive. <laughs> doctor, doctor. If you have a medical mystery or require a remedy, then you need our one and only P-Play physician, Dr. D. Dr. D's advice is purely educational and he always encourages you to see a GP. Good morning, Dr. D. Good morning, Mitchell Michael. How are you? We are great. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Dr. D, we've we've kind of lost something uh, here in WA. I don't know if you've seen in the news, but um, one of the mining companies, they lost like a very important piece of equipment uh, that could be dangerous for 300 years. Our question this morning is, how is radioactive material actually dangerous to us? Ooh, that, ooh, that is, that's not good. No. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, radioactive material. Um, so for those who, you know, did a bit of physics in school, you know that there are some um, substances that decay um, little subatomic particles um, that can hit the layers of the skin or can go deeper into the cell and disrupt the, the protein structures and the DNA that make up the cell. Um, what happens is when you're exposed to this radiation at a close level, uh, at a superficial level, you can maybe sustain some burns and like a, uh, an acute radiation exposure. But if you've got some of that uh, radiation that gets into the deeper levels of your cells, and disrupts the cell structure and the cell DNA, can alter the genetics, what's going to happen is that cells are going to signal to your immune system that, hey, I've, I've been messed up by radiation, I'm not functioning as a cell, I kind of need to go, and your immune system's going to be like, okay, great, we need to get rid of this cell, we will use our um, cell mechanisms to essentially get it to um, 
end itself and will clean up the mess. Um, which is what you normally do when you get a little bit of cell damage. But if you're exposed to a high amount of radiation and a lot of your cells are getting damaged, then you're going to lose a lot of otherwise healthy cells that would have been good for you to keep in your normal function and you're going to feel quite sick as a result of it. Okay, wow. So, so our body starts to delete itself because it knows that it's been affected. Yes, it is... This is one of my favorite functions of um, the cells. I was really interested in underground. It's this process called apoptosis. Um, and it's the idea that like within every single cell, there are a bunch of um, protein mechanisms that when turned on by other cell mechanisms can make the cell start to break down everything inside it and essentially end itself. Um, as a way of maintaining the survival of the organ structure or the rest of the body. Um, it's, like, it's, it's really quite cool. Uh, and it's something that we utilize when we use radiation therapy in treating cancer cells. So when we fire at the cancer cells themselves and damage them, it can signal not only to the cancer cells to you know, start shutting down, but also to communicate to the immune cells around it, hey, this is an area of damage. We need to clean up this mess over here. So... Superpowers or no superpowers? Unfortunately, very unlikely to get superpowers. Okay. okay. Um, from my understanding of uh, X-Men and uh, various theories of superpowers obtained by um, gamma radiation, uh, these things in real life would only occur very randomly over a long period of time and not from a you know, significant exposure to radiation. You're more likely to become very sick, ill, develop a cancer and die from a high dose of radiation than you are to get superpowers, unfortunately. What I took from that is that he would turn into the Hulk, but slower. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Hulk, but in reverse, in that instead of becoming really big and angry, you might become really decrepit and debilitated. Oh. And, <laughs> and so you kind of, it's one of those movies where you go, we've been the Hulk all along. <laughs> I guess, you know, you've been the Hulk all along in terms of just being really angry at the situation you are, which is fair enough. Also, uh, it's been a very nice, knowledgeable, informative chat. Uh, have you noticed that we're back at work? Would you say that me and Michael are radioactive? Because oh. we're active. Is this a condition? <laughs> Can you help us with oh. this? <laughs> I hate it. Oh. Oh. Thanks, okay. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. Oh, oh no. that was disgusting. He's oh, sick. <laughs> oh, dear. I have to go. Bye. Okay. Michael Ross, there is a Guinness World Record that I believe anyone listening can achieve. There's a man that broke the Guinness World Record of the most fist bumps in 30 seconds. A man named David Rush. He's added this record to his, uh, I think he's got like multiple uh, Guinness oh, World he's Records. Like a collector of them. And it's basically like... Like fist bumps, like a like a knuckle, like a like yeah. a, hey how you doing? How you doing, bro? Yeah, what's going Bang. on? Uh, nice set, bro. Awesome deadlift. <laughs> oh, you got a promotion at work? Yeah, boom. Fist bump. Uh, this is what it sounds like. Hey. 
Are you sure? Yep. Are you just, sure that that's fist bumping? There's, there's some fist bumping. <laughs> that uh, that is that is for sure. Uh, he has pounded the fist two hundred and seventy three times in thirty seconds. That's a lot. How many times is he? Uh, he beat the previous record of one hundred and seventy four set in April. That's like what four times a second you have to do, mm. basically, to get to two hundred and seventy three. And it's alternating, from what I can see. So you have to punch. Yeah, like imagine your mum right doing a left. box fit class. Yeah, like it's that's the level of. I don't know anyone who fist bumps like this, no. but they go, he's going like so right. So it'd be like my f- right fist to your right fist, yeah. and then my left fist to your left yeah. fist. Yeah. And you think that anyone could beat that? I mean, do it again. Play it again. <laughs> okay. For 60 seconds. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Wow, 30 seconds. Mm. Hang on, so is it even, is it even faster? Is it, is, it, is it eight times a second? Yeah. It's wild. I mean... Well, I mean, we can, give, we can give it a go if you want. I can be... There is a guy in the video yeah. that kind of looks like me yeah. that he's doing the fist bumps yeah. on. So I could be that guy for you. He's got glasses <laughs> and he's just standing there ready to receive the fist bumps. Yeah. I can be that guy for you oh, if you want me to be. No way. We just got beaten. That world record just got beaten by the 06 Eagles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, you know, bumps. <laughs> You got a you got a tough gig, you know, being a being a parent. Oh yeah, you know, it's a hard life because I got like a not even a taste, just a, like a glimpse, like a like a peek through the keyhole into it. In that, I was at my mate's place and he has a he has a little one year old, and you hit outside. And uh, well, we were outside. This was the thing. Uh, we were hanging out in the backyard, and they had this like paddling pool. Is it? Are you really like no babies in the house? It wasn't my house. It was oh, their house. Okay. <laughs> what they do with their kid is their choice. <laughs> but yes, no babies in the house. <laughs> so we're in the backyard and uh, there's like a paddling pool. Okay. Okay. And everyone's kind of busy and I'm the most available to watch uh, to watch the, the child near the paddling pool. How old's the child? Just over one. Sort okay. Of like... And can swim? Or like can, knows like what's assisted, going on? Uh, can, like assisted, but like you wouldn't let them... Near it by themselves. Also, were you told? Um, were you told like like Can you watch baby? Or did you just no? Just, okay, I was just like, oh, no one's really paying attention, but she's going to the paddling pool kind okay. of thing. That's not a good sign. So I like went over, and I'm in two minds kind of thing. I'm like, what are you supposed to do in this situation? Do you immediately go like, no, 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 and you take them away? Yeah, because then my brain kind of goes, but then they'll want to go back. Then they'll be like, oh, why did they stop me from going over there? I'm more curious. Whereas if I, like, let her go over, see that nothing's really happening, no one's in the pool, she'll go, oh, this is a, this is a bit of a fizzer, and she'll move on. So, like, that's the first problem. It's like, how do you know which is the correct choice? That definitely is the first problem. <laughs> and so she's sort, of, she's sort of gone over, and I'm there, and uh, she, has like a, she, like, touches the water with her hands. Yep. And I'm like, okay, cool. You've had your water. And I was like, come on, like, let's go, sort of thing. And, and one of our friends was over at sort of the back of the yard, which like overlooks yeah. uh, into like a park kind of yeah. thing. And she's like looking over there. And I was like, oh, let's go. Let's go see what Auntie Bex is doing kind of thing. I'm like, come on, let's go see Auntie Bex. And she's like toddling along or yeah. whatever. 
And uh, this was the next. This was the next parenting problem, because the reason Auntie Bex was at the back of the yard, away from everyone, is because Auntie Bex was having a dart, ah. <laughs> and I've taken a child to, to get smoke. secondhand smoke. Yeah, it's just hard, and it's not even my kid. Yeah, well, that's but that's that's the fun, right? So let's fast forward five years. You've got a kid. It toddles towards the water. You see your auntie over in the corner. What are you not doing? I'm not taking them to the auntie of the corner. Exactly. So, I'm, so I'm learning. Practice so, babies. So, the, <laughs> so they're not learning. We're learning. Yes. <laughs> Explored thoroughly uh, over the years. Mitchell Tinley's sort of routines and, and behaviours. Uh, and I've noticed someone else close to me has a very odd behaviour. My wife, when she's sick, very productive. What? Like, what is she doing? She, like, goes into a cleaning frenzy. No matter like germs? She, maybe, that, maybe that's what it's stemming from, that she's thinking she'll get better sooner if she gets rid of all the germs in the house. Or is she like, is it fake it till you make it type stuff? Is it like, uh, I'm fine, I'm fine, look at me, I'm going for a run, I'm It fine. could be a bit of that. That she's like, oh no, I'm not like, I'm not useless and bedridden. And it's like, but she'll be like, so sick. And she's like, time to clean the kitchen. I'm like, go back to bed. So does she do it normally? What? Do cleaning normally? Yeah. Not at this kind of intensity. Not uh. with this veracity. You know, it's normal. Maybe like, is she like, maybe it's like insecurities with you. Like she's like, he won't want me because I can't give him health. <laughs> oh so I will give him cleanliness. Yeah. <laughs> one hundred zero number one triple six. Jen on the line now. Jen uh, from Newman. Do you have like a compulsion, a behaviour, something a little bit different? Yeah, I'm a bit of a fiend for like checking things are locked and turned off. Um, so like before I leave the house, like I need to like jiggle the door handle a good three or four times to make sure that it's like the door is locked before I leave. And then about 10 steps away, I go, did I lock it? And then I turn around and go back and check it another two or three times. Oh, okay. Um, so you actually have like, to go back. Because yeah, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty particular when I, when I like lock something. I'm, I'm standing there making sure it's locked. But I'm not often going no. back. No. Uh, I once passed at a shopping center and I was going shopping with my friend and we walked about 100 meters away from the car. And I'm like, did I lock the car? And I'm like, did I lock the car? I'm like, I'm pretty sure I locked the car. And she's like, do you want to go back? I'm like, absolutely. And we walked all the way back to the car to make sure that I locked it, even though like, I clicked the button like three times. Do you and I saw like, the lights flash. Do you do that with like <laughs> stoves and hair straighteners and stuff like that? Yes. So um, we've got a gas stove. So I have to make sure like all the, like they've got like a little line for, so you can tell like where it's off and stuff. So I have to make sure all the, all the lines are pointing up. I do that, like I'll check it. Um, if I'm leaving for work, like I'll check it once be like, okay, cool, and then I have to check it again maybe two more times before I leave the house, before I go to bed. I'll do a quick scan, go lock the door, uh, like check to see the door was locked, even though I know I locked it. Um, so, yeah, I'll do the stove, go check the door, come back, quickly check the stove again, and then go to bed. Are you ever like, sorry, I can't come into work today, I can't leave the stove? <laughs> no, I have done it once with a hair straightener. Um, well, not so much I haven't gone to work, but I like got halfway down and went, did I turn my hair straight off? I'm like, well, I think the house is just going to burn down. If I do, I can't like work. Your... Um, but yeah, it was kind of paranoid the whole day. Wow. House didn't burn down, so that was good. Your um... life sounds <laughs> exhausting. Yeah. Are you happy? Yeah. Does it work? Are um, you happy? 
I, I annoy my partner a bit because I also have to make sure, like, I lock the doors before I go, even if we're just, like, ducking out. So, like, the fly screen door will be locked, but I have to shut the glass door and you, lock that too. Are you ever worried that you've left him turned on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> simply irresistible a great soap opera yeah you know like sitting down to watch neighbors or oh. home and away a little giddy, guilty pleasure for you yeah well we've got the best soap since dove they like to say all about the lives of our mining magnates the likes of gina reinhardt twiggy yeah. forest and there's a reason why the term mind your own business comes up because boy there's some secrets spilling out that they would have wished they could have kept in-house. Oh, that radioactive material oh. being lost somewhere in WA. No one wants to know about that. Nah. But it looks like one man has taken upon himself uh, to locate the device. Like sand through the articulated dumpy, so are the days of our minds. Come on, Petey. If we find the capsule before anyone else... Then we can either ransom it to Rio or hand it into the government and really turn the screws on them. Ah, uh, Mr. Forrest, the fine for losing radioactive material in WA is only a thousand dollars. That that's actually cheaper than having it removed properly. Make a note, Petey. Mr. Forrest, are you sure there wasn't another protection suit? Sorry, mate. You know I only packed my spare. Mr. Forrest, I've found something very strange. Sweet baby Johnny Howard. That's the biggest wallaby I've ever seen. I think that's just a kangaroo. Ah, yeah, right. That goanna, though, is the size of a small salty. Oh, God. We must be close then, Petey. Be careful, mate. If you die, we'll have to pay out your family. And I'll be damned if I do that again. I still don't see the capsule, though. Did it eat it? No, Petty, but I think I know who did. Look! Clive Palmer! It's the incredible bulk! Clive Smash! Through litigation. Tune in next week for another thrilling chapter of Days of Our Minds. Six weeks away from the beginning of the AFL 2023 season... Oh, so excited because you are so full of hope heading into the year. By about June, it gets questionable. August, you start to lose hope. <laughs> I tell you what, though. This is our most promising year as a Carlton supporter in all the years that you've known me. you said that every year. No, but like this one genuinely... And this is the thing. How low-key have I been about it? I don't know why. It's true. But I'm less hyped... When we are, I think because it's expectation now. Yeah. We expect to do better. And yeah. I expect everyone to do better. With the new rules from the AFL. That's right. It wouldn't be a season of Aussie rules if we didn't keep changing them. <laughs> so, we've got uh, three new interpretations. Okay. Uh, standing the mark. You will now have to either choose to stand the mark or go away. Right. So, what the previously had been happening... If someone would take a mark, another, the opponent would run up to them to, ta- to go, like, I'm standing here. Yep. And then they'd start, like, walking backwards, going, actually, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave the protected area yep. kind of thing. You're not allowed to do that now. If you run up to the player to take the mark, you're stuck there. 
Okay. So if you don't want the mark, you've just got to leave. You've just got to run away. Okay, so that's the first interpretation. Then you've got no more milking 50s out of the stand rule. So while the man is on the mark, yep. this in 2022, people would go, oh, I'm going to handball, and he'd sort of dive to yep. stop it, like stretch out kind of thing, and give away 50 metres. Uh-huh. Umpires will no longer do that. If you try and trick the man on the mark, he's allowed to react. Okay. Which I think is actually... Like, why wasn't it always that? Yeah. Because of course he's got to react. His coach will get mad if he just stood there like a statue. Yeah. Finally. That's a good one. The set shot uh, clock will be tweaked slightly. So you still have 30 seconds to take your shot at goal. However, you won't be warned at 15 seconds. You will be warned at 25. What? Because they've decided, like, players should know how long 30 seconds is. They should no, be training for it. There's no need to remind them. They wouldn't, mate. Otherwise, they wouldn't be footy players, would they? <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed the Mitchell and Michael podcast, remember to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your mates.